Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Welcome to the Irish NFL show. It's scheduled week this Thursday, every Thursday two team within the league. We'll find out exactly who we've got ahead of us next season. Everybody will start to look at the games, which you could actually win, not win, and even some people will be back trips to the States. And the NFC South next season is going to be a very interesting division because right now it's a bit of an unknown. We don't know what's to be expected of many a tier, but it's division. And one team in particular is the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, we're going to review the Bucks on this podcast tonight. Now, Mariana Wardy Smith from the Bucks UK fan group joined the show. Mariana, you're very welcome to the Irish NFL show. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here with you. Mariana, it's very interesting. I'll say the Bucks in many ways, and I suppose we'll come to that in a minute. But for your own interest in NFL, just uh, the background as to how you got into love this sport and obviously how you become a Bucks fan. Um, so my story is actually I, I was working in Tampa. Um, I was working with um, the NBC station there um, as, a, as an IT consultant uh, with WFLA. Um, and uh, at the time, the Buccaneers were not, not the best. Uh, it was one of their sort of poorer sort of uh, seasons. Um, and uh, they used to get a certain allotment of tickets and they couldn't basically give them away to the staff. So eventually the IT consultants got off with them and uh, got to go to some games and uh, really enjoyed it. In fact, the first game I went to, we uh, played against Green Bay and we beat them. So that was a, a nice start to a, a, a be becoming a fan of the uh, of the Bucks. Um, and yeah, so since 2008, been a been a fan ever since. Raymond James is such a unique stage and he's pleasantly kind of come across as your own stand of one the man on a fan stage and you've got the Karen's go back up to touchdowns. It's uh, certainly different to what we're used to seeing where all the various stages we've built up already over the last few years. But a great atmosphere, albeit in that stage. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a fun stadium with the pirate ship there and as you say, the the cans firing uh, when we get into the red zone and beads and the, the sort of carnival atmosphere. So it's it, it is a fun fun stadium to go and watch gaming. I recommend anyone uh Bucks fan or not, uh, if they get a chance to to go to to the Ray J and uh, and uh, go and see a game there and just enjoy the show. It's good. We've got the weather as well, obviously being in Florida, so that always helps. Yeah, there's plenty of Bucks fans decided uh, they run to Jennings Bar in Dublin. They do make the trip out there, and uh, that one particular up that the the Ravens game on a Monday night last year, you brought us some trip on that. Yeah, and another suffering Bucks fan for quite some time. He touched on there in 2008, so. You have seen another down years, but I suppose the the Muslims both over the last couple of years, or I suppose a couple of years ago, they got over in the Super Bowl and that Puck's mentality was, I suppose, to go on in the American Sun Brady. And I suppose they did it in any way what the Rams did the following year, which is to build the team as quickly as possible, trying to get the immediate success, and they did. And what comes of that is a couple of maybe down years. And but touch on last year because they were beaten divisional all the year prior against the Rams. The Rams were done for in Well, and then last year, there was 
there was expectation for the, the Bucks to be a strong side. Was made in the playoffs, and you know, outside up in the end, said that the Bucks were pretty nails in the playoffs, but doesn't matter if it's just season. Was it? How did you, in the season though, how did you kind of think about the season as a whole? Like, was it was it a case of the Brady factor that there was so much going on personally for him and seeing where it really didn't play to the levels in which we see it previously, or was it because it, do you find that the transition from the, the new coach from the you know, tennis top balls taking over from Bruce Arians. Or was it a combination of a bit of everything or is it all good to find a factor for you? Yeah, I, I think you I think you're right. I think he's very much a, a combination. Um obviously Brady's personal life, I I'm sure that had some sort of effect. You can't you can't totally put that to one side. I know he's very uh, dedicated to the sport, um and and he's always gonna play to his highest level, but I think when you've got those sort of personal things going on around you, it's it's hard to put it to one side and just focus 100% on the sport. Uh, as a team, I think we were quite unlucky uh, with injuries. We had a uh, key injury to Ryan Jensen, our centre, very early uh, pre-season, in fact, I think. So he was out until quite late in the season. And, um, you know, he's that linchpin in the middle of our O-line. And so we really struggled with the O-line uh, really all year and and so Brady even playing at his best he seemed to not have the time to really make the throws um, our, our O-line very much got sort of beaten up during the season we had quite a few injuries there we had injuries on the D as well we weren't getting the pass rush as much because we had you know players like Shaq Barrett were out um, so I think a combination of, of those factors and then as you say the, the sort of Bruce Arians um sort of stepping down and moving into because uh, he moved into like a, the head office sort of uh, role, a oversight role and uh, you know Todd Bowles coming in he was always going to be a different coach with a different style of um, coaching, a uh, different way of, of you know even the training sessions he changed it up so one of the things was Bruce Arians never had music and Todd Bowles brings in and says yep you can have music at the, at the training sessions again so he kind of wanted to make his own mark, I think, as a coach. Um, there was also, obviously, we, we kind of got through um, and, and let um, Byron Lefwich go because our offense was a bit stale. It just didn't seem to... We seemed to be a bit vanilla on, on some of the things. Didn't do a lot of... Uh, it's not even trick plays. We just seemed... Uh, sitting at home, we seemed to be able to call it. So it was it was a bit of a disappointment, I think, when you've got Brady kind of... You want to you want to be heading for the Super Bowl and again you want to be going deep into the playoffs again. Um, but I think we were we could see where that season was going. As I say, from the initial injury to Ryan Jensen and then all the way through, it just things weren't quite gelling properly. Um, but yeah, definitely a combination of factors. Is it it's unique because it's made how what offensive line guy can be. You know, I suppose to be treated so much to the whole team. You've got Ryan Jensen, and I remember he came in with Brady. So he came in a couple of years back. He went and I met him in the offseason when we were doing this. Um, you know, offseason comes to essentially, and he was experienced to treat them. It tends then to be exactly how he wanted the ball slapped. All the first days, and yet, it was, it was an iographer. And then the demo that Brady went that he never was great before. The Bruce Angel for me, I, I thought it was a big factor because I really think of the game, which he got most part of for us. He would indicate was in in New Orleans, and as happened, Crusade is on the side. I probably did help the situation. CC was so the fire with someone said, "Thank you." There was very much a reaction to 
were rallying behind people on the sideline there getting called out and Austin Brady was getting getting in the face in that game. Todd Balls comes across to me as I'm kind of a, a well managing the coach as opposed to Bruce Ains who was very kind of getting it, getting your face at the right time. You know, you're not doing what he's expected and he also is is that sort of kind of close up with his arm around a prayer. I'm not sure whether that's the same kind of feeling Mr. Verde were getting from from top Paul's. I think that says that there was an interview in this game. And then the board and FC was interesting because the year pre priest uh, he was a commodity for our culture position. He, mm. he, 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 he was suggested as Jags. And he felt sure he was getting featured book with the GM there. Um, and now a year later he's from, he's out of eight cassettes because of the bus stuff that was trying to go on. There's a combination of things. Do you, do you think I'm rather a check for because it, it seems to be very different to M. John Balls, where just think he trusts us with the BT change. Should he have to be the way he were, and then transition after the four years the way he wanted to change? I mean, I think coming in as a new coach, you, you want to stamp your own mark on the team. So I, I understand why he's he's come in and, and been the way he has and changed things up. I think he's he's got to. He's got to he's got to be his own man. Um it's difficult for us as Bucks fans and we watch it. There's there's a degree to a few of us were getting frustrated because we are used to that Bruce Arians getting your face type um, coaching style and watching Todd Bowles on the sidelines sometimes you want him to jump up and down you want him to scream at a player and that's just not who he is and and we have to accept that that's not who he is and to be fair players don't necessarily respond to a scream in your face type coach sometimes players respond better to a, a friendlier you know happier coach so I I just think he's being his own man he's being his own person he's going to run the team the way he wants it um I hope that this year he can focus more on where he's good which is on the D side um and and with the the new offensive coach brought in we can we can let him run something do something slightly different maybe that's what we need and without having the the sort of piece of of Brady and and having questions over who's going to be at quarterback and so forth, it's time for a a change at offense anyway. Maybe. Well, that actually brings in this question because to me the quarterback situation isn't going to lock in. And like right now they're being made from APL for me and has some bright spots with the Rams to, you know towards the end of last season, and they like. The contract and the nature of the contract for me strikes me as it's not a given that you're a quarterback next season, you're going to come in and you're a play. Carl Chask is sitting basically in the background that been drafted years back, hasn't really been given a proper opportunity yet. Do you see it as a, a two way combination? Like, and also, those teams say all the teams that they, we expect them to say, yeah, it's another competition, but really, no turns out to every else that, that's not the case. Do you see it that way, or do you think it's very much whoever wins out in in the training camp comes in? I, I personally, and, and others may disagree, but I personally see it is going to be a, a true competition for, for that quarterback position during training camp. I I think Trask has got, obviously, the, the two years sitting behind Brady. He has to have learned a lot from, from that. Um, just being around Brady, being in the same room as him, watching tape with him, seeing what he, he picks up on um, when he's reviewing plays, uh, seeing how he reads the field and so forth, you've got to you've got to have learned a lot from from that. So just being in the same building as Brady, I think Trask will have developed at least mentally quite a lot, and he's still got all the physical traits I think that that you want in a quarterback. So I really would like to see Trask have a chance. Um, that may also be 
you know, being soft on him because he's a, a Florida guy and he's come from the Gators and but um but Mayfield I think he's he he shows flashes still of being um a quality quarterback as well. So I don't know how he's how he's gonna fit. I think some people have already said, well, we've picked up Mayfield, he's a pro, he's got pro experience, he's probably going to be the starter. I'm still divided on that. I still think that it's going to be a bit of a competition and I could still see Trask going in number one and Baker being that solid backup. You want, you know, a pro level uh, a pro level quarterback as a backup as well. And I, I could see Mayfield being sitting there as as the backup. He's he's sat there behind other quarterbacks at other teams and, and not complained. And I think that's the thing that you can see with Mayfield. He's he's a pref he's a professional even if he's having to sit and, and, and ride the bench, he he's still 100% behind the team, behind, you know, into the game, and he's not sitting there sulking. So um, I, I just hope it's a true competition and Trask gets a chance to maybe step up and be number one. I mean, the book has stood out with Maker Mayfield so much. I mean, you, you reflect on this four or five years in the league, the fourth year with the Browns, hits the ground running, first time back in the playoffs for quite some time, he's... Yeah, he loves in the in the, the upper area in Cleveland, uh, in Ohio. Then teams quickly changed him, and then a lot of people put that down to the fact that he had you know, serious enough injuries and he was playing through a season with serious shoulder injuries that really wasn't really correct to the end of the season. Then it was kind of a bit of a fog with players within, within the Browns, Captain the Browns. Last season, that really, they were deserved because they're not willing to trade him. They want him in the building during the but yet they'd already traded Sean Mustin. So that was a bit of a lesson there. He goes off to the Panthers, Panthers you're in a tough spot, you know, over, you know, is it on him? Is it on him? Like, you know, he saw the head coach that far during the season. There was a lot of things wrong there. At the end of the rounds, and he had three bright spots. He has that you know, throwback against the Raiders. And he plays when against the the, the Broncos on Christmas Day. And then you think, okay, there's still do you work with. Like, that's a, I'd imagine where the books are looking at this. If we can see get the upside back to why he was playing three or four years ago. He could quickly find himself being the regular starter as opposed to just coming in and being the jury person. Yeah, absolutely. I, he's far from from being, uh, you know, a bust or or anything like that. He's he's definitely shown he's got talent. I think Cleveland treated him quite badly, um, and he's had to bounce now between teams, learn a couple of new offenses very very quickly. Carolina really had no wide receivers. Didn't really have any, you know, targets for him to. To throw two, so that's always going to play against him a little bit at, at Carolina. And as you say, he he had some he had some bright moments at the Rams, which I think that's where he's come off of. Um, but we didn't have a lot of cap space. We had to we had to kind of get who we could get um, and who was affordable. I think he's a good option. Um, I think he, him and Trask also complement each other. They have, I think, a similar sort of skill set. They're both. Um, They've both got a bit of an ability to get out of the pocket, but they're not necessarily sort of fully mobile running QBs first. So, I I think he's got a, he's got a real chance of being the starter. I just, as I say, I really want to see a, a training camp competition and the best man win out. And whether that's Baker or whether that's Trask, I just I think both of them can could potentially do a job for us. What interesting 
free agency pickup because he said he touched on there. There wasn't a lot of cap space from Tiptree down into free agency commerce. It was very much picking priors that you know could be a reasonable contract. Chase Edmonds, who's been a after a reasonably good Rumac, tries to come to the edit is an adult query. You've got you know, not Leonard Fernand and other people coming by agents. But are you surprised that uh, the heat the quarterback it could make, make sense and stay out of the production like we take the pressure off the quarterback comes to uh, yeah, I mean, Chase Edmonds, so he, he bounced from, I think it was the Dolphins first, wasn't it? And then he went to... Um, the Broadbusters, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's uh, he's bounced around a little bit. I think he's a journeyman. We we always seem to carry one sort of more journeyman uh, running back and and then, you know, our, our sort of main guy. Um, he's I think he's got a real chance of, of taking the weight off. You need to have... Um, this idea of having a three-down running back is not realistic in in the league that we're playing in. If it's the way to get a player injured, realistically, I think uh, we we can all accept that uh, nowadays you you need to switch your your running backs up. You need to have a bit of uh, different styles as well. So you need to have sort of your your shifty guy and maybe a guy that can can get you the the sort of first down in hard yardage. Um, we definitely had that last year. I. Fournette kind of fell off a little bit, and I understand why we've let him go. Um, I'm a I'm a huge Lenny fan, so I'm a little bit upset by that. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I think he could do a, a job for us. It's it's just uh, another useful pickup, and as you say, without a lot of cap space to play with, we are kind of that's the sort of player that we're we're going after that can that can do a job for us without costing too much. Yeah, you, you see, like the most of the Eagles or other teams in the AFC retrieve, you know, the, the, the monster of running backs, you know, three tier running backs, and says, yeah, you, you nail their various different skill sets. And that was the same pressure off him, running back producers that now the Indies, yeah. And I really hope the draft, you know, because, yeah, there was a lot of talk leading into the draft because of where the, the folks were picking that team, you know, if, if Will Lannis was the drop or he had an upper in the second third round, that's in the transport, you didn't recall that route at all. Did that take you back to the game? You touched very well on the fact that Kyle Trask, you know, should we give him an opportunity to set him to compete for a quarterback position? The draft with the Senate, were you, were you surprised or any despite me? The game's like, defense stacking the first round. It's like, he does the reach for player, like, I've watched him the covers and they made him up the draft. And it's a nice bit because it was, he was on his range from, say, 10 to 15, and where he picked, so he drafts to the box in a nice position. But they did have, they did make some really nice additions to, to the team around. The thing with the Addy Step of the Bucks this year because half space and that these players would get an opportunity of easily to really step in and have a and have a, a fair a fair bracket within the position in the team. Yeah, I I think uh, we all recognised again that the O line was a, a huge position of need. Um I think that um our thoughts were that we were going to take a, an OC in the in the first round. Um from what I can see and from what I saw of the draft, the the top OT draft positions went quite early. We were picking quite late at 19, so um, it just seems that we, after, after those first sort of three or four OTs were gone, um, we then shifted our focus to, well, we don't have a lot of, or we didn't have a, a great deal of pass rush or successful pass rush last year. We were struggling to get to the quarterback. Who's the next best on the board at that point? 
and the the pick came in super quick for for Clyde Jacansi. Um So I think the focus went right. Well, we we're not going to get one of the top OTs at this point. There's no point reaching for 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 one. You know, there's no point reaching for a, a second round talent in the first round. Let's get the best defensive tackle that we can get, who's available. Clyde Jacansi had dropped quite far for what I I. I you know, I've seen quite a few people mocking him top, as you say, sort of top 10, top 15. So he dropped into our laps at that point and they didn't hesitate in picking him. The pick was in. So I think that that was uh, great. And and we also struggled in the secondary um, last year. So I get the feeling that we're, we're sort of starting from the front line. Um, having a pass rush naturally helps your secondary. If, if, the quarterback has time to stand around, sit in the pocket, let roots develop. Then your secondary tends to get burned because they can only follow a wide receiver for so long. Um, if you're getting to the the quarterback and putting him under pressure, that naturally helps your secondary because they've only got to follow the receiver for for a little less time, so they can they they generally have more picks and they generally have a better season. So, Kalijah can't see. I was super happy with him as a pick um, after I saw that the other offensive guys are gone and then when we get into the second that's when we pick up uh, an offensive lineman which um, I love the look of this guy that we picked up this Cody Mark he's uh, he's going to be fascinating having him sitting on the line next to Jensen because I don't know if you've seen they're kind of like twins um, mop of red hair no front teeth big guy big attitude you know tough guy I think he'll play at guard I think he'll play um, I don't think he'll play at tackle but it's yet to be seen, um, but yeah, he's he's looking, you know, really interesting. And then we we had you know a few other nice picks along the way. Um, the RB at defensive end, uh, he looks like a, a again another natural sort of pass rusher, fast guy. Um, so we've we've got, I think, a, a nice set of pickups that really um, strengthen the squad where there were some holes it's not it's obviously not you know solved all our problems in in one draft it never does but I, I like the way that we went in the end um I think we're, we were sort of grading our own drafts the other day and, and we said I'd give it a solid B I don't know that we got exactly the pieces that we needed but we got we got a couple of seals, I think, in, in some very good positions. So I, I can't complain. And as I say, I'm really happy about the Clyde Cansey pick. Um, a lot of people are comparing him with Aaron Donald. And if we get half the player that Aaron Donald was, I'll be quite happy. Yeah, you'd, you'd actually call that a very good point there because Jason Nick doesn't reach, you know, in terms of, okay, the offensive line, as he doesn't jump up the board, you saw Pittsburgh. The Patriots exchange takes around 40 and 50, and essentially, I think Buzzer Jones goes to stay. So, I think that was he was the last of the rare key offense minds to go off the board. So, he actually made sense. That's it. Where you go with the, the fifth player, and he just got to make a stand there. Yeah, the Cody Marsh, man, I was going to say, Jim, had you called it up to the Merlinch, and it's good. His, his story is fantastic. I was like, leading to the draft and got across to me like with their imagine he'd set, set the rather both players, and yeah, he didn't, yes, and they could be a force, and they could be used together. And basically, yeah, make that sense. And they trusted when the fifth round was a linebacker who actually thought people felt would go where they'd be at the short round. Just saw the right point there and get the going back and learn on that comes in. Plus, the white situation, I mean, I know we request a trade. General consensus is the Bucks ain't going to take that 
That's a neat, that, that's a given he's very in it. He's a very standard pair of defense. Yeah, that, the, so what did Dennis? Yeah. He, yeah. The, uh, I've, I've seen some tape on him. Uh, he's interesting because he's also come from Pitt. So he's coming with Cansey. I think that's always nice to have two players that are coming out of the same team together. Um, he was a team captain, so he's definitely got a lot of, of the the sort of knowledge and the 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 communication skills and and that side of things. It's it's good to have a guy that's that's led his his side and been a captain and and has that sort of authority about him. And and from what I've been reading, a lot of people suggest that that he's not just a special teams guy. He's got a good chance of being on the field for a, for a lot of snaps this season. Yeah, absolutely. He's saying very generous says from where from where he Ed. Last question for you, Aaron, just um, closing out the podcast. Expectation for this team next year was I just saw at the start of the NFC so it is a bit of a bit of, bit of a mystery. I don't think it's kind of kind of aggressive. I mean, Derek Karen right now they'd be Diaz deems to be the favourites, but we see in class, you know, team favourites and doesn't necessarily play out. I mean, we've got you've got the Panthers with a new quarterback. At the Falcons with Brijan Robbins coming in, but again, his quarterback situation there is resolved out there. Do you still see the books in the position where you can be challenging for the division? Or do you see this as out on a down year, but another year in transition? And then we see where we're at next season in terms of because there is like a hot commodity in terms of quarterbacks coming out of the traffic. I mean, I'm a I'm a blindly optimistic Bucks fan, so I, I like to to always try and stay positive. Um I do actually think the the NFC South as a division is wide open. So I think we stand as good a chance as any of the other teams in that division of winning it. Um, as you say, the Panthers, yep, they've they've made, you know, they've got their well, theoretically they've got their their franchise quarterback in Bryce Young. It'll be interesting to see how he plays. They they've not necessarily again filled all their holes. They've got another wide receiver that they picked second as well, so that's hopefully filling some holes for them. But it's they're not going to change overnight just because they've got a new new quarterback. I think they've got still a, a lot more things to to address there. Um, so I, I think the Panthers are still in transition, as you say. Atlanta pick up Bijan Robinson, but. I wouldn't have said running back was an issue for them last year. Uh, is it Algier? He had over a thousand yards for them, so. And Corey Patterson was always a really strong player there as well. But yeah, so um, was running back the biggest need for them? No, but would you again? Would you turn down having a player like Bijan Robinson? Probably not. Um, so Atlanta again, I, I don't necessarily think they're going to be an overnight. Change. I think they were a surprise last season. They played better than a lot of us expected, um, but I still think they've got gaps to fill. And as you say, a, a quarterback uh, sort of decision there as well. The Saints probably usually the strongest of the three others. Um, they're but they're still sort of transitioning. Uh, it's still only been a little while since. Uh, changing coach there and, and so forth. So, and how does Derek Carr come in and transition into into their offense? So, I I don't see that, that that division is at all won by, you know, anyone in particular. So, I think we've got as strong a chance as any um, in the division. I think we do need to, to resolve our O-line and figure out who's going where and who, you know, what spots are, are being filled by who in our O-line. 
Uh, hopefully that can be sorted out in the preseason and we can work out what, what our O-line is going to look like. Um, but if so, I think we've got as good a chance of, of finishing top of the division as, as any of the other three easily. And I'm going to be optimistic and say that that we win it because that's that's our own. Oh, we are a schedule every this week. Um, and it's like, yeah, like every year, every fan says to train, yeah, this is going to be the year to win the division. Oh, chaos. Right, I really appreciate your time to come on here and the show. Um, the, I suppose reach out to books and look forward to a new season. And the books, I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.